This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, what's good? Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, one of the analysts at 24-7 Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in once again as we kick off our second week on this new feed. Happy Memorial Day, wherever you may be. Remember, please rate, subscribe, and leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. On today's show, we're going to visit with Alan True, who covers the Midwest for us, and will break down a busy, busy weekend in the Big Ten. We'll also go inside a recent forecast that Alan made in the 24-7 Sports Crystal Ball. We're also going to be chatting and catching up with national recruiting analyst Greg Biggins to dissect how the defensive back dominoes could fall after some recent activity this weekend. Greg will also go into the recruitments of Corey Foreman, the nation's top prospect, according to the industry-generated 24-7 sports composite, and four-star Miller Moss, one of the nation's top uncommitted quarterbacks. He'll share all the latest info on those recruitments. But first, let's kick it off with the kickoff. It was a big weekend for commitments in the Big Ten with the three programs that are in the top 10 in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings. Ohio State, Michigan, and Minnesota all picked up commitments on Sunday. So now joining us on the show to break it all down is Alan True. He covers Midwest recruiting for 24-7 sports. Alan, how are you doing? Doing well, Blair. Glad to be on with you. I'm glad to have you. You know, we we uh, we touch base. I mean, we met for the first time a few years ago at the opening when they used to have it in Oregon. Uh, but we haven't really hung out since then. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, you know, we, I was hoping to maybe touch. I love talking boxing with you. I love to uh, kind of chop chop it up with uh, different different sports. So hopefully, you know, at some point we can we can get together again. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's the interesting part of our job. We all work together so much, but we're rarely in the same space. So with no opening finals and some of those camps this year, uh, we're all kind of remote and seeing each other over Zoom every week. Yeah, so last week we touched on the East Coast, uh, we touched on the West Coast, we hit the South. Let, let's get into the Midwest and, and recruiting. Let's start at the top, the number one recruiting class in the Big Ten right now, in the country. Ohio State Buckeyes pick up another big commitment. They go out West for Denzel Burke, a first star, a four-star athlete out of Scottsdale, Saguaro. You cover the Midwest, you cover the Big Ten very, very closely. Uh, what is making Ohio State recruit at the level that it's recruiting right now well I think it's pretty simple when you break down what recruits want I think they they all want to be able to compete for conference and national championships and they want to have a shot at the pros and Ohio State offers all of those things right now when they're consistently in the Big Ten title game they're making college football playoff appearances and they're certainly extremely visible on NFL draft day so when you have those three things to sell uh, that's a pretty good foundation right there and then on top of that 
Ryan Day was an outstanding recruiter as an assistant coach. He's now carried that up to the head coaching spot. They really have not missed a beat after Urban Meyer, which would have been surprising to think about at the time. But Coach Day has assembled a really strong staff of recruiters. And then there's been some continuity there with the off-field staff as well. Mark Pantone, the director of player personnel, does a great job. He's been with Ur- he was with Urban for a long time and now has transitioned over with Coach Day. So top to bottom, from on-field staff to off-field staff, plus all of the things they have to sell, uh, you put all that together, and it's the perfect storm of, of a national-level, high-level recruiting uh, staff. The the class seems very very complete, you know, from top to bottom. They they lead the country in in five star commitments with four. They lead the country with four star commitments with eleven. What what does Ohio State need? You know, when you, when you look at their class, what holes do they still need to fill? Well, I think by the time that you get to this point with nineteen commitments and many of them as highly ranked and highly regarded as they are you now can focus at the top of the board. So I don't know about a ton of big needs, but now I think you're, you're just still trying to pull in the big fish. You're looking at uh, JT Tui Malolau. You're looking at Emeka Egbuka. But I think when you, when you talk about needs, I think what the class can still use is some offensive linemen. And so I'm looking right away at JC Latham, who could be a franchise-type left tackle. They have a four-star tackle in the class in Ben Chrisman. I think maybe a right tackle or maybe an inside guy someday. So you get JC as your blindside left tackle, um, and then Jager Burton, who has a chance to be a, a really good guard at the next level. I think offensive line is maybe the one spot where they can still use a couple bodies. And then I think beyond that, it's just let's shoot for the top of the national board now. I think with 19 commits, they can afford to, to focus their attention on those few real blue chippers. And speaking of offensive linemen, let's shift gears a little bit to Minnesota staying within the conference. They also picked up a commitment from Cameron James, a four-star offensive tackle from Chicago, Illinois, 6'8", 280, uh, picks the Gophers over a number of other top suitors. And Minnesota, like we mentioned before, still a top 10 class. Do they have staying power? And, and what makes that program right now such a hot commodity on the recruiting trail? Well, We'll see if they have some staying power, I think, as some of these other programs start to pick up more commitments in the year if the Gophers can stay that highly ranked. But I think even if they don't necessarily stay quite as high as they are now, it's a really good class. And each and every year that P.J. Fleck has been there, he has upped the level of recruiting. And and I think you can see the results from last season with them uh, winning 11 games and them having some marquee television games, a, a big win over Penn State. Uh, that was in front of a national audience, that has helped them in this recruiting class. So I think in order for them to stay, I think they need to continue to have that success on the field and show what they're building towards. And and I think eventually win a Big Ten West title and get to Indianapolis. But they're building it the right way and they're doing it with guys up front like Cameron James. They're recruiting big athletic guys on both sides of the football. In the recruiting landscape that we're currently in, right, where there are no visits, there's no in-person evaluations, everything is virtual or or digitally, do you think that helps uh, Minnesota, which seems to be super energetic, right, as a recruiting staff? They they seem to be very personable. And and just speaking to some recruits that Minnesota has targeted, specifically out west, despite the fact that some of these recruits aren't able to get up to to campus, aren't able to take the visit and, and see it for themselves themselves uh, does the current landscape kind of suit that style of, of energy that 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 staff possesses 
Yeah, no doubt. And I think when, when you look around the Big Ten, at least in the Midwest and some of the schools that I cover more extensively, Minnesota uh, was out ahead of this thing as far as the virtual visits. They were one of the, I think they were the first school to really start doing virtual visits heavily. And, and that's a product of their football staff and the recruiting staff, but also their video staff, I think, has done a really good job there. And, and so uh, Cameron James talked about some of the same things you just talked about. The first thing when I asked him, about why he committed to Minnesota, he said his virtual visits were really fun. And I had to ask him to clarify that. I said, how can a, you know, for somebody like me who hasn't taken a virtual visit, how can a meeting over Zoom be fun? And he said it was really the staff and their personalities and the way they set it up and, and the amount of other people, you know, that they brought in. He was able to talk to the entire coaching staff. It's not just one, his area coach or his position coach. So similar to what you heard with your guys out, out there, um, the kids here are all saying that the virtual visits to Minnesota have been outstanding. And I think when you look at their class and see how many guys are in that class that have never actually stepped foot onto campus, I think that shows you the strength of what they're doing with the virtual visits. Michigan, number eight in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings, also picked up a commitment. They were not to, to be left behind, even though Tom Brady, the, the, the famous alum, seemed to be struggling out on the golf course. Uh, <laughs> the Wolverines picked up a commitment from Junior Colson, a four-star outside linebacker from the state of Tennessee. If you want to hear more about what made Michigan the choice for him, check over to 24-7 Sports. We've got a, a video commitment with our own Barton Simmons, but when you look at Colson, Allen, what do you see? What do you think makes him such an intriguing pickup for the Wolverines? Well, I think, first of all, it's sheer you know, size. And, and we, in scouting, we're using the term length a lot. And it's six foot three, 215 pounds, very long. Uh, I think that you know, now we almost have to guard against just liking everybody with a long frame. I think the thing about Junior is not only is he big and long, but he can move at that size. So he not only looks the part, he moves the part, plays the part, was extremely productive um, last year, has some background early in his career as an offensive prospect. So I think when, when we look at all the markers that we like uh, on defensive guys, you like guys that, that do have some offensive experience. You like guys that can play multiple positions. So from an athleticism standpoint and a frame standpoint, I think uh, he fits into Michigan's defense and, and what they ask their linebackers to do, which is play in space quite a bit. Yeah, Junior Colson, 6'2", 228. That's what he listed as uh, on his 24-7 sports profile, a top 200 prospect, and at that size, moving at 4.77 in the 40-yard dash, which was measured last spring. So uh, I'm, I'm sure he's maybe a little bit bigger and, and a little bit faster just given the, the, you know, the, the way players develop physically and, and how they continue to improve. So Michigan gets a commitment as well. Next up, Alan, for, for you, it's going to be your first – taste of our next segment it's inside the crystal ball where we take a deep dive into a recent projection or a forecast or a vote whatever you want to call it what you did in the 24 7 sports crystal ball and we're going to touch on uh davon townley you know what are you hearing on him what made you put in a pick for the golden gophers yeah, so first, I guess in the Midwest, I'm almost running out of guys to crystal ball. Uh, we've got so many kids that have committed in this last flurry here of the last couple of months that it's hard to find new guys. And Davon is a kid who has caught on late here. He, uh, We only just ranked him, but jumped him into the four-star range after looking at his athleticism and, and his frame as well and his basketball background. And so he's gone from no offers to an early offer from Central Michigan to now a really good handful of power five schools 
have come in. And so I put in a crystal ball pick from Minnesota in state right there in Minneapolis. But the interesting thing about him is that has family down in Florida. His mom actually lives down in Florida and he chose to stay back up here with his grandparents to, to finish out high school in Minneapolis. So he's not really tied to Minnesota, the state per se, but he has, I think, a really good connection with the staff. He's mentioned that he's been on Zoom and, and been on the phone with them more than other staffs, uh, except maybe Iowa State. That's probably the number two school right now. He's developed a really good relationship with P.J. Fleck. And then uh, he, his cousin, Tyler Johnson, who played at Minneapolis North and then at Minnesota, just got drafted out of there. So Tyler's able to talk about how they developed him and, and helped him get to the next level. So all of those things put together, I think, are, are more important in my pick for Davon than the fact that he's right there in Minneapolis. He's going to take a look. He's going to take a look around um, and, and maybe take some visits because he's new to all this. But ultimately, in the end, I think he ends up a Gopher. Right, and 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 a local prospect, a, a player, uh, you know, Davon Townley, six six two twenty, and a guy like you said, a, a fast riser that is seeing his stock skyrocket. So Minnesota looking good for Davon Townley after picking a commitment this last weekend. Uh, Alan True, thank you so much for joining us. You could follow him on Twitter at Alan True T R I E U. Thank you so much, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, we're gonna take a short break. After the break. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. And my next guest is the one and only Mr. Greg Biggins. Now, Greg, before you say anything, I I want you to hear this music. It it, it brings me a lot of joy. It makes me want to put my Ray-Bans on. It makes me want to pop the window and drive down Sunset Boulevard. I know you can't hear it right now, but once you once you do, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, Greg Biggins, you're, you're bringing the West Coast, you're bringing the Hollywood vibes to the podcast. I, I have intro music? Is that what you're trying to tell you me? You have intro music. I'm a little nervous right now. I'm, I feel like I'm going to, you know, Mike Trout getting ready to take my swings in a second here. No, you you like it. I think you like it. You're listening to it right now as you go back and listen to this podcast, and I think you like it. So am I supposed to be hearing it right now, Blair? No. Well, right now, as the listener is listening to it, yes. So they can hear it, but I can't. Not in real time. Okay. You're so going to like it, though. I'm going to trust I'm gonna trust you and, and trust that you're going to give me some good intro music because I know you wouldn't give Mike Trout, you know, as he's getting ready to take his hacks, just some, you know, some whack stuff. So I'm going to hope I'm going to like it. It's a, it, it gives, like I said, it gives me some Hollywood vibes. I want to go down Sunset Boulevard. I see the palm trees. I see the camera flashes. I see like, it's like, it's like a red carpet event. We're talking like Randy Newman. I love LA. Is that what's, what's the Dodgers just won on a walk off and, and the, the music is blaring on the speakers. Yes. Okay, the Dodgers did not just win, Blair. The Lake, the Lake, it's a Lakers so song, too, right? Lakers song, absolutely. So without further ado, I'm sure the listeners are probably 
not wanting to hear about my choice and, and they, walk. Well, they do. So, here's here's the thing. So before we get into recruiting, I did want to touch on this, right? So we launched this podcast last week and we got two bad reviews and both of them were, hey, what happened to Greg Biggins? So now we're giving the people what they want. We're giving them Greg Biggins. You know, I, I had no clue my mom even had access <laughs> to the laptop right now. So I'm going to assume that's the only person I could think would complain Blair, you were made for this. You were built and wired for this. I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm a little nervous right now coming on coming on with you. I don't get nervous talking to coaches or players, but talking to Blair and Google, I'm a little nervous right now. It's like a little, little starstruck. Your palms are sweaty, but it is getting a little hotter out here in Southern California, so I understand it. Uh, Greg, let, let's kick it off with national because you are the national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. And there was a big commitment out West to a school in the Big Ten. We touched on it earlier with Alan True. It was Denzel Burke, a four-star athlete from the state of Arizona, committing to Ohio State, which now really creates maybe an avenue or a window for someone else to jump in there for another Ohio State target. We're talking about Derek Davis, a four-star safety uh, who, who now, you know, it, it looks like Penn State could, could go in there and, and, and get a big-time commitment. I mean, first off, props to you, Blair. I'm not trying to brown nose the host, but you broke that news. I'm not sure when this podcast is playing, but you broke that news on a Saturday night. Well done, Blair. Um, but yeah, so obviously the Buckeyes, as you probably talked about with the great Alan True, six defensive backs right now. Do they go seven, Blair? I'm not sure. You know, talking to Bill Curlick a couple of weeks ago, and you know, there was three guys that they were looking at. It was Burke, it was Jalen Davies, and it was Derek Davis. And we thought that Derek Davis was the guy who, you know, they kind of hold out for. And, and supposedly, uh, even though the crystal ball is kind of favoring Penn State, uh, the, the vibe kind of from Bill and also Brian Doan was that Ohio State might actually be the team to beat for Derek Davis. So now you have to look back, take a, take a step back and say, is Ohio State, no matter how much they love Davis, do they go seven DBs in one class? I, I, that's a lot of DBs, Blair, even though they got some positional versatility in there. So Penn State w- was right there. You could call him a co-leader with Ohio State. So if Ohio State's out of the equation right now for Derek Davis, you got to figure Penn State – the Nittany Lions are in a very good spot for the gifted safety defensive back. So that's kind of kind of my my. I'm curious to see what, the, what what Ohio State wants to do. Do they still pursue them or not? And if not, Penn State crystal ball all the way, baby. It it is fascinating because right now we're operating in, in a different recruiting landscape. We don't have the the games. We don't have the visits. It's all really reactive to what other recruits are doing, and, and so we're seeing spots being taken by recruits. And that maybe forces a recruit to make a decision earlier than he's than he wants to, or or if a spot fills up at one school, you you see another recruit just go to a second option and, and commit right away because he doesn't want that spot to fill up. So it, it's very very fascinating stuff that's happening right now in recruiting. And, and speaking of that, it, the dominoes out west in terms of defensive backs with the schools that did miss out on Denzel Burke, who committed Ohio State. Uh, what what do you think of, about the other dominoes? Uh, you know the Jalen. Davies, the Zayar Wrights, the, the Nathaniel Wiggins. There's just a bunch of different names now that that are now going to fall into place after this Denzel Burke news. Yeah, and, and I, I love this part of recruiting. I love I love the dominoes. Usually it's quarterbacks that we kind of see dominoes, but this year, like you mentioned, and and, and Bud Elliott's done a great job every every day kind of posting how many commitments today versus last year at the same time. It's double the amount. So like you mentioned, man, guys are not waiting around. They're, they're jumping on spots. You mentioned Nathaniel Wiggins, and, and USC was probably the runner-up for Burke. You would know better than I would, but I'll just say they were really confident and comfortable with Burke, and it came down to him picking Ohio State. So where does a school like USC, they want 
three corners right now. They have zero commits. Jalen Smith from Alamany is probably the guy I think is they're a strong leader for. You mentioned Nathaniel Wiggins, not a West Coast guy. He's a Georgia guy. But I did the eval for him, and I'm glad I did because I probably wouldn't have really studied him that much if I did not. And I love his tape. Made a huge jump in the recent top 247. He's a top 100 player now. And like I said, man, I love this kid. He's 6'1". He's long, a two-way guy. Receiver tape is very good. He can play corner. He can play some safety. But as a long, athletic 6'1 safety or a 6'1 long receiver, uh, he, he's big time. And there's a couple guys um, who covered USC for us, do a great job. They've already got him crystal ball to USC. Now, I can tell you this right now. Uh, the USC coaches are not as confident as our guys who cover the team. And they're a little bit worried uh, about Wiggins. And, you know, he is a national guy. But as of right now, schools like LSU, Clemson, Georgia, Bama, they're kind of lukewarm on Wiggins. Do they make an, a jump? Do they make uh, another reevaluation and go back on Wiggins now? And I'm not saying they would do it just because he's in our top 100. But I can say – He's a definitely a guy that when you watch a second or a third time, for me, he's a, he's a no-brainer. I know there's so many dudes in the South, but this guy is a no-brainer. So the competition for Wiggins, I think, got a lot tougher. Jalen Davies, um, right? I think Ohio State was probably his top school, but I had him crystal ball to Arizona State just because I felt like Ohio State would run out before Jalen could commit. Um, I have him crystal ball to ASU, but now watch out for USC. Do they make a stronger push? Oregon is kind of like the dream school, and they're making a, a strong push right now. You already mentioned Sierra Wright. USC is all over this guy, along with Notre Dame, along with Texas, along with Washington. Speaking of Washington, they were a runner-up for Burke as well. They're in his top three or top four. Uh, the day or maybe the day before Burke committed, you got to think they must have gotten word from him for word because they offered – Dyson McCutcheon, who's a really talented cover corner from out here in, in Southern California. His dad, Dalen McCutcheon, was an All-American at USC. And I, I think Washington probably leads for Dyson. I put in a crystal ball for UW and, and Dyson. Does USC go back harder for DJ Harvey, who I actually have crystal ball to Virginia Tech? Uh, Cal is also all over DJ Harvey. Uh, Prophet Brown, a two-way guy. I'm not trying to get too long-winded here, but there's just so many DBs out West Blair, and they're all kind of looking at the same school. They're all looking at you know USC, looking at Cal. Oregon, Washington, they're going national. Notre Dame, Texas is all over guys like Jameer Johnson. USC also likes Jameer Johnson. So does Colorado. Colorado was a runner-up for Denzel Burke. They're making a strong push for Jameer Johnson. Their DB coach, Demetrius Martin, played at Pasadena Muir, where Jameer Johnson is from. So, again, not to get too long-winded, but we can probably go on and on and on and do a whole show just on these West Coast DBs, and you want to throw in Nathaniel Wiggins in that mix too, we can do that as well. But uh, a lot of dominoes going on. This is why the people wanted Greg Biggins on the show. This is exactly why. And that wasn't long-winded at all. You broke it down as you should. These are dominoes, right? So you're you're stacking one next to the other. You're tipping one. And that was Denzel Burke. And now we're seeing them all kind of fall over the place on the table. And we're going to see where they where they end up. Speaking of, of falling all over the place and, and seeing where they end up, Corey Foreman. Greg Biggins, the, the number one player in the 24-7 sports composite, the number two player overall in the 24-7 sports rankings, had previously committed to Clemson. He's a five-star defensive end from Corona Centennial. So when he decommitted from Clemson, everyone naturally assumed that, that USC would be the, the choice for him eventually. We're getting a lot of, of buzz recently about maybe a potential 
a potential package deal with, with Mason Smith, maybe to LSU, maybe to a national program down in the South, like, like a Georgia. Um, what are you hearing on, on Corey Foreman? What do you think is going through his mind now that he's back on the market? Yeah, no, with Corey Foreman, I, I think it's kind of, it's fun to speculate and guess, but right now, honestly, I think it's so premature to, to even try to guess what Corey's going to do. Cause what, what he's going to do is going to be based a lot on how the season goes. And I say that to say this, USC was the school for him growing up. It's where his whole family wanted him to go. It's why it was a little bit surprising when he kind of out of the blue committed to Clemson. Ironically, he actually almost committed to Georgia uh, before committing to Clemson. So those Georgia rumors with Corey, those are strong and those are legit rumors. He loved his visit to Georgia prior to visiting Clemson. But USC is a school that got a lot of run after he decommitted because of all those things I just said. Uh, then you throw in the fact that his personal D-line coach, his name is Dennis Jackson, whose son Drake Jackson plays at USC, who's one of his closest friends. And Centennial, I think they've sent like five guys to USC over the last couple of years. Now, one thing I think people are kind of overplaying is the relationship with him and Drake Jackson. Understand this. There's a two-year separation. Drake's a baller. He's three and out. All right. So right now, Drake's going to go into a sophomore year, and Corey's going into his senior year of high school. So by the time Corey, if he went to USC, by the time Corey got there as a freshman, Drake's going to be a junior, and that's going to be it. So they're only going to be able to play together for one year. So I would kind of caution, he's not going to go to a school as a package to play with a guy just for one season. But I still think great relationship with the coaching staff. The whole entire defensive staff has really made a commitment to Corey Foreman. Uh, Vic Soto, the D-line coach, loves him. And I think if USC goes out, and has a really strong year and wins eight, nine, ten games, and they're showing an upward trend, which is what I think they're, they're hoping for right now. I think Corey does go to USC. If USC struggles on the field, again, like they did last year, if they struggle defensively, if they don't see – because Corey's biggest thing is development. He doesn't care about location. It's all about development, playing right away, and getting in the NFL. Corey wants to be three and out, and that's why he loved Clemson, because Clemson has done a great job with D-Lyman in the last couple of years. So that's why schools like LSU, like Georgia – like Alabama. That's why they are definitely in the mix. As for the, the package deal with, with him and Mason Smith, they are looking at, looking at a lot of the same schools, but I mean, I've been doing this 25 plus years and you've been doing it for a long time as well, Blair. Package deals happen very, very rarely. I mean, less than, than one hand. I can probably, that's probably after a couple fingers got chopped off in, in woodshop. <laughs> like my middle, no, no joke, my middle school woodshop teacher had three fingers. That, that was just a little side note for you, but that's, that's a true story. They rarely happen. Now, if two guys are brothers, relatives, that's a package deal. But when one player is on one side of the country and another guy's on the other side of the country, every year we hear this, me and so-and-so are going to school together, right? We hear that all the time. And it rarely happens. And like I said, him and Mason, they do have a lot of the same schools that they are looking at. They'll take trips together. But end of the day, think about it. This is a life-changing decision. And they're going to both sit down with their, with their families, their parents, their coaches, their support group and say, okay, what is the best spot for me? And I guarantee you the top five things will not include, well, what's Mason going to do? It's going to be comfortability, playing time, development, maybe academics, um, maybe location. Those are the things that are going to matter. My relationship with the coaching staff, not, okay, well, I know this has this, 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 but hey, Mason likes this school. I'm going to go there. That, that just, it's not going to happen. So um, that's kind of my, my take. But yeah, Corey Foreman, fascinating recruit to watch this year. Package deals always remind me of of kind of that middle school friendship they used to have with someone, and 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 you would you would try to hang out, and and then you know it'd be like, hey, you you come over, and then the other <laughs> person would be like, no, you come over, and then by the time you knew it, it got dark, and no one came over, and no one hung out. 
right? That, that's a real sad story. That's boy. how it happens in brought, recruiting. Just brought, just brought me down. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of loneliness. Uh, we're being joined by Greg Biggins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. Before we let you go, Greg, let's talk quarterbacks. You are the, the QB guru uh, I like to refer to you as in terms of our recruiting team because you have been doing this for a long time. You mentioned 25-plus years and you know there's a, a big one out west that is still to to make his college decision we're talking about miller moss four-star quarterback from bishop alamany in mission hills california you wrote a, an update on him you can read it on his profile on 24 7 sports miller moss what are you hearing on him what's the latest how close is he to coming off the board i think he's very close and i would probably put it as maybe to maybe two weeks is what i what i would guess to mate this one as you know he's i think he has a good idea right now what he wants to do the schools being alabama lsu and then locally ucla usc and i think um i, I don't want to give away too much of the answers to the test i i do think most people feel he'll stay close to home and i would probably go along with that i think alabama's done a phenomenal job recruiting him and some of the things that people thought would scare him away from bama meaning bryce young and Steve Sarkeesian, will he leave for a head coaching job? Miller's not afraid of either of those things happening. Him and Bryce work out together, train together. He loves that part of it. Uh, and then he's convinced Sark's going to be there for a long time. So those are two things. And he just he's really connected with Nick Saban as well. So Bama, it, honestly, if, if he's living in the South, I think he might have already committed there. I think he likes them that much. LSU, probably fourth right now, uh, simply because he's never visited, right? And that, that's probably part of the, the, the worst part of the pandemic, no visits. And they had a trip lined up. At, you know, they already have a quarterback, um, Nussmeyer. So UCLA and USC, that, you know, UCLA probably needs some more. USC already has Jake Garcia. But USC saying that is a school that he's always kind of dreamed of going. And he made a point to say, you know what, over the last 20 years since Carson Palmer started, every guy at USC has been drafted. It's a, it's a pretty amazing stat. Every quarterback since Carson Palmer, 20 years running, has been drafted. And he's very close with a lot of guys in their recruiting class. A lot of them play for his premium seven-on-seven team. He already has two teammates that are committed there, one in the junior class, one is left tackle committed a couple days ago. I mentioned Jalen Smith as his teammate. He's leaning there as well. So I think USC, UCLA, Alabama, those are probably the main ones. But I, I do think in a couple of weeks we'll find out uh, what he's going to do. Staying on the top of a quarterbacks, Chaden Peary, a three-star prospect from Chatsworth, California, Sierra Canyon High School. Let's go inside the crystal ball with Greg Biggins. You put in a pick for Georgia Tech recently. What makes you confident that the Yellow Jackets are going to land a quarterback out in California? Yeah, and just from a time frame standpoint, I, I do think that's going to probably go down this week in terms of his decision. You know, obviously the crystal ball – um, you know, that's our guest, but I do think he's probably a, a week away. I could, I could see him maybe doing something during this week, actually. So Georgia Tech, a lot of things that he, he likes about Georgia Tech. Number one, academically, this is a high-end academic kid. He loves what Georgia Tech has to offer from that standpoint. He wants to be a journalism major, and they apparently have a great program. Uh, from a football standpoint, uh, they're changing the offense, right? They used to just be, you know, that smash mouth, you know, run the ball team. Now they want to go. Uh, to more passing offense, and he's got a chance to be, you know, stepping in to a situation where, you know, he's got a great chance to play early and, and almost build the offense around him. And I, I think he's connected really well with the coaching staff, and he's never been there before, but he does have family um, that has been in that area, and he's comfortable. <clears throat> Atlanta area, I don't know if you've ever been to Georgia Tech. I, I have a few times. It's awesome, and I just know what kind of kid Chaden is. 
you know, he's a, I think he likes the big lights and, and the big city. He's a fun kid. And I think Atlanta, Georgia Tech, it just seems to fit him. And, you know, I think it was ironic. You know, you can kind of always tell when a school may have been notified because they'll start offering other quarterbacks, right? And we saw, you know, Louisville offer a pair in Southern California just, just last week, Jalen Henderson and, and Justin Lampson. So, yeah, again, more dominoes because I, I think Louisville, Vanderbilt, NC State, then Boise State, obviously, we're all in on, on Chaden Perry, Jack Sears transfer from USC he's going into Boise State he's going to compete for that starting spot and I'm not sure if that was a huge factor I don't know if it was maybe a little bit but but I do think Georgia Tech is in a pretty good spot right now a lot of dominoes it feels like a pizza commercial for us today um so <laughs> Greg Biggins thank you so much for joining us uh we we have to get you back on the show again soon if only for you to give us your reaction to your walk-up music dude I'm, I'm in I'm hundred. I think that's probably why you do the walk-up music. You want to make sure that your guests listen to the show, right? I would probably wouldn't listen to me, but unless to hear the the walk-up music. So I'm definitely tuning in now to hear it, and uh, I'm looking forward to. It. Oh, always fun catching up with you, Blair. Likewise, Greg Biggins. Thank you so much. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg Biggins. He's national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. That's it for us this week. Remember, a reminder, if you've got recruiting questions, please put them in a five-star Apple podcast review. Our goal will be to have enough questions for a full mailbag episode in the coming weeks. So get all your questions in. Thank you so much for joining us on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.